Thank you. Uh, I do want to say just a quick note. Think speaking of Anchor, next week we'll start a new series called Anchor. Uh, probably going to be this. I don't know for sure yet. Either the longest series or next to the longest series that I've ever done, uh, because it'll be on the book of Hebrews, and Hebrews has a lot to cover, um, but a lot of great stuff looking at the promises of God, and in particular, the promises of God that are found in the person of Jesus Christ, and how Jesus is better. (laughs) Jesus is supreme. That's like the message of the book of Hebrews. Looking forward to digging into that with you next week. But we have a series that I'm also excited about and have loved going through with you and trust that it has been an encouragement, a blessing to you, as well as uh, the book that we have used going along with the series. If you have not grabbed a book um, for yourself, for your household, I would encourage you to do so. Uh, There on the table, make that uh, available for you. I'm thankful that the board was willing to Uh, purchase those and make those where they can be available. And I I have been blessed to hear a variety of ones that have said, I've been reading this and this is just so, so good. And love the emphasis on the personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so uh, trust that it's been helpful to you. My encouragement, if you're done reading it and kind of feel like you've taken from it all that there is to take, Pass that on to somebody else and let that be a blessing to, to someone else. We've also, I just want to mention, uh, in addition to what Pastor Chris wrote in the book, What's Next, I've also been using some of the teaching from 12 Stone and a series that they did called Everybody Can. And so if you want to look at some additional teaching on these four weeks, uh, definitely encourage you. Great teaching some of it, again, I've used a couple other illustrations or a couple quotes, uh, which I will again use today, a quote and an illustration uh, that were provided from them, but just want to make sure that I give credit where credit is due, but also lets you know of some other great resources, uh, because whether travel time to work or whatever, and, and sometimes it might fill that space with some stuff that's not maybe the best to listen to. Here's, here's some things that I would really encourage you to listen to, especially the series Everybody Can from 12 Stone. But here's what we've been talking about, these four things. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you would, some of you it's the first time, some of you it's, it's at least like the fourth time, but if you would say these four with me, that would be really, really awesome. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Last week, uh, quite a few of you weren't able to be here with you with us. Some of you joined us online, which was awesome. But just want to quickly kind of do a, a, a little backtrack to last week, because actually what we talked about last week is going to be, be a, a great help for what we're going to talk about this week. As we looked at discovering purpose, we looked at Romans chapter 12. We're going to be there again today if you want to grab your Bibles and turn there. That'll give you a little bit of a a heads up and and time to get there. 
But as we looked at discovering purpose, we saw that there are two important truths to keep in mind. Number one, that everybody has a, there's a universal purpose. We're, we're all made to bring honor and glory to God. We're all made to point to Him. That was like the purpose for us to, to exist. First and foremost, collectively, universally, that is why we exist. To bring honor and glory to God. But there's also a unique design as we look at discovering purpose. A unique design that we have, that you are made uniquely different from me, I made uniquely different from anyone else, and everybody said, amen, you are different. But we talked about shape last week. We talked about spiritual gifts and how if you're a believer in Christ, every believer in Christ has at least one spiritual gift. And that it's important to understand, to know what that spiritual gift is. And so we had a, a, a number of handouts last week to help you to discover your own personal, unique design, your shape. And it starts with understanding and knowing your spiritual gifts. But also then, it, we talked about heart or passion, what, what God has kind of wired us for, what we get geeked about. And, and then we all have different abilities, like God-given abilities that God can use, does use for His kingdom, for His glory. We also talked about personality. Some of you remember the lion, the otter, the beaver, and the golden retriever. L let me hear the lions. We don't have very many lions. I know we have at least one lion. But most lions, like, lions are the type, like, you don't tell me what to do. I will tell you what to do. Thank you very much. Okay. Okay. So we don't have a lot of lion personalities, but I think we have some lion fans in the building. Let me hear the lion fans today. That's, that's pretty good. Not quite Detroit, uh, you know, Ford Field level, but um, not, not bad. Um, Got to roar when you can, right, Lions fans? Got to roar when you can, okay? So we talked about personality, and then we also talked about experiences and how experiences come into God's design and how God can use us for His honor and His glory our unique design. If you didn't get one of those packets last week, I would really love for you to grab one on your way out. They're on the Connection Center. Complete that. I just need the, the top stapled papers, uh, the completed form. That would be extremely helpful for me to be able to know how best to be able to kind of plug you in to ministry and how you can fit and flourish at Kingston Wesleyan Church. It would be a huge huge help. But more than helping me, I want to help you to better understand how God has uniquely designed you. Because maybe you've noticed, maybe you haven't, but these basically build off of one another. When we know God, that's when we are able to find freedom. And, and as we are walking in that freedom, we're more able to live out our purpose. And as we're really living out our purpose for life, we will make a difference. And I love how 12 Stone titled their series, 
Everybody can. Everybody can know God. Everybody can find freedom. Everybody can discover purpose. And everybody can make a difference. So I just want you to know from the start, there are no exceptions. There are no excuses. You can make a difference. We'll begin with Romans chapter 12. As I mentioned earlier, it's page 803 if you're grabbing a KWC Bible. Romans chapter 12. We'll see what we talked about last week, but we're going to see some additional things as we look at specifically making a difference. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And then he continues, verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I'm going to pause there for a moment because here's our first foundational truth that we need to lock into as we understand how we can make a difference. If we're going to make a difference, Paul says as he writes to the Romans, we can't conform to the pattern of this world. You've got to be different than the world if you want to make a difference. You've got to be different than the ones around you if you want to make a difference. He says, don't conform to the the pattern. Well, what, what does that mean? It's the values. It's the way they do things and why they do things. Why do most people do what they do? Most people do what they do in the world because of their selfish nature. This is what pleases me. This is what I feel like doing. This is what I want to do. The Apostle Paul says for us to live counter to that. Not just to be counter culture, but counter to the way of the world. In particular, a selfish focus the values and way of life that runs contrary to the values and the ways of Jesus and those in his word. So if we want to make a difference, Paul tells us something that we need to take to heart. To make a difference, one must be different. To make a difference, one must be different. That's why some of you, like, you'll taste something, and then you'll add salt. Why do you add salt? Because there's not salt in there, right? You need something different. It needs more flavor. It needs a different flavor. If we're going to make a difference, we must be different. How can we expect to make a difference? I mean, just think about it logically. How can we expect to make a difference if we're not different from those around us? Uh, One pastor, actually Pastor Trey at 12 Stone, illustrated it this way. How many of you are familiar with Where's Waldo? Familiar with it? Okay, I'm I'm assuming more than what raised their hand. But you you know Where's Waldo? You know what Waldo looks like, right? Red and white outfit, glasses, hat. Where's Waldo? Anybody know? And you know the deal, right? Whenever there's a where's Waldo, they don't make it obvious, do they? 
most of the people in the picture have some type of red and white pattern, kind of the candy cane pattern like Waldo has, right? Most of them have like something similar to, to Waldo. Waldo's kind of like a chameleon. He, he just kind of blends into the surrounding. Anybody find Waldo yet? I'm guessing I could give you five minutes and you probably would still not find Waldo if he were standing right here. I looked at it and I, I can't tell you where Waldo is. And I wonder how often in our society do we just blend in with those around us? How often in our culture would it be true that there's not really any difference between those who claim the name of Christ and those who don't. And church, I again just present to you as I read and understand the Apostle Paul talking here, to make a difference, we've got to be different. So I'm going to get ahead of the curve just a little bit. Lord willing, in about 10 months, there's going to be an election. And if we're going to live this out, we need to do something different than what we've done before. Because oftentimes when we get into like an election year, what happens before the election, during the election, and after the election, and the way that many Christians interact with other people, whether Christian or non-Christian, I'll just say it, I don't believe is very Christ-honoring. And it's hard to make a difference when we're not different. When we're interacting with one another, and especially interacting with those that don't claim the name of Christ, the same way as people that don't claim the name of Christ interact with one another, shame so if we can just get ahead of the curve and just be thinking ahead of time yes it matters who you vote for I'm not saying that followers of Jesus Christ it does matter who you vote for it does matter nowhere in scripture do we see that we shouldn't be involved in politics nowhere in scripture does it say we shouldn't be presenting why we support a candidate or, or not. I, I, I'm okay with all of that. But how you talk about other people, I do care about. How you talk about people that don't agree with you, and especially when you do that in a public forum, I care about. Because I firmly believe that Jesus cares about it. And we're not going to really make a difference if we're not different. We cool? Here's the thing. I don't really care if you're cool with that or not. It's the truth. Hopefully you know the heart that came from 
that I want us to make a difference. But to make a difference, we've got to be different. Paul continues, verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Really important that we think of ourselves with sober judgment. You know what happens when somebody thinks of themselves without sober judgment? Uh, how, many, how, how many videos have you seen on YouTube or somewhere else where it's obvious somebody was inebriated, somebody was not sober, and they did something really stupid? How many, you've seen those videos, right? Many of those videos, it's because they thought they could do something that they couldn't do. They call it liquid courage. And they think they can do something that they can't do. They, they think that there's something that they're not. And so it's really important when we think of making a difference that we understand this second foundational truth that Paul wants us to get a hold of. Making a difference isn't about making a name. This isn't about... <laughs> what we can do to become famous. This isn't about what we can do to get attention. Being different to get attention is not what Paul is talking about. Paul is talking about being different to make a difference and not to make a name for ourselves, not to, so that we can get attention, not, not look at how much money I gave or aren't I awesome, like, look at me, look at me. I, I love what Pastor Chris wrote in the book, he said, a servant puts service over status. Paul says, we're nothing apart from the grace of God. We need to keep that in mind. It, it goes back to what we saw in the passage last week when we talked about discovering purpose. We were made to worship. Making a difference is not about our name. It's about His name. It's all about pointing to the one who made us because ultimately, He's the one that makes the difference that counts. Amen? So we go back. Verse 4. For just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not have all the same functions, so in Christ... We, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts. And we looked at that specifically last week, talking about, the, again, the unique design and how we fit into the, the body of Christ for His honor and for His glory. And in that, it's these, what makes us unique, that unique design, these different gifts that help us to make a difference. And so here's the third thing. The foundational truth that I want us to understand about making a difference. What makes you different is what God will often use to make a difference. What makes you different is often what God will use to make a difference. Not, not just being what makes you different from the world around us, but what makes us different from one another inside the church. God will often use to make a difference. It's I think pretty easy to see how we, those that are, have certain gifts and abilities, how God would use that to make a difference. We can see how if, 
If somebody has a higher income, how God can use that to make a difference. We can see how if somebody's gifted musically, vocally, how God can use that to make a difference. You look at a variety of gifts and, and abilities and say, well, yeah, God can use that to make a difference. But I, I want us to st- step in a little bit further and understand that same, some things that we may not see as a positive, but God can still use to make a difference. I love one of the stories in Scripture that talks about a left-handed guy. Because I happen to be left-handed. Any other lefties in the building with me today? Raise them up. Raise them up. Let's see them. Yeah. Talks about a left-handed person. Why would, it, why would they mention that he's left-handed? Because it comes into the story. It, it plays a part in Judges chapter 3. God uses a guy by the name of Ahud. Some people call him Jehud. Whatever you want to call him, he was a left-handed guy, and he did some pretty cool stuff for the kingdom of God. One of Selah's favorite stories, by the way. Not because Jehud was left-handed. Read the story on your own. But something unique, something different, the average person, some would say the normal person, is not left-handed. But God used a left-handed person to do something for the kingdom of God that likely a right-handed person could not have done for the kingdom of God. What makes you different is what God often will use to make a difference. There's some of you that are divorced that may be different in the church, but God can use that to make a difference. There may be some of you that have had an abortion that may make you different in the church, but God can use you to make a difference. There may be some of you that have not been able to have children that may make you different, but God can use your difference, what makes you different to make a difference. There's some of you, us, that have lost a child. And it's different to bury a child than to be buried by your children. But God can use what makes you different to make a difference. Don't underestimate how God has shaped you and how God might use you to make a difference. That's what God does. He makes a difference by using things that make us different. We keep reading. Or I want to actually, I want to give you a quote from uh, Pastor Trey at 12 Stone. Making a difference. I love this this, uh, definition, description of making a difference. Making a difference is filling the gap from where people are to where God wants them to be. I love that. Filling the gap between where people are and where God wants them to be. And that's what the Apostle Paul tells us about as we continue in Romans chapter 12, picking it up with verse 9. He gives us some very practical illustrations of, of filling those gaps, what it looks like to make a difference. And he, he begins by saying, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. And just... 
fires like one after another after another. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. He continues, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. I'm going to just pause and say, some of you are prayer warriors, and everybody should be praying, but some of you have a gift of prayer. Some of you, like, like you're super passionate, and you're, you're what the, the Bible describes as one who intercedes. You go before the Lord on behalf of others, regularly interceding for, for the good of others, especially, especially that people would know God, that they would experience salvation. Let me just encourage you, you are making a difference, even when you don't see it. Even when you wonder if the prayers are even being heard. Please know, you're making a difference. Paul says, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, I love that he, and appreciate that he puts this in here. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, and some of you say, I know people, it's not possible. Okay, you're off the hook. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. I want to pause there and just highlight just, just, just a handful of gaps that the Apostle Paul presents to us in chapter 12. In this chapter, we, we see that there's a gap, that there are those that right now they feel abandoned. And God wants us to fill that gap. God wants us to, to help them to see that they are, they're not abandoned. They have a friend. Paul, Paul says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. There are people that are lonely. That's where they're at. And God wants them to not be alone. And he wants to use you to make a difference, to fill the gap between being lonely and having a friend, from being abandoned and having a friend. Uh, Paul talks about filling the gap between those that are needy and having those needs cared for. Church, I, I just want to give you a, a pat on the back and say well done. On Thursday, Seal and I, well, Rebecca joined us as well. We, we delivered what you guys brought in for one of the area pregnancy centers. And to see the look on the volunteers or workers' faces as we came in, multiple trips, bringing in diapers and wipes and clothes 
and then to hear why they were so excited. They proceeded to tell us that they had just been talking as a staff earlier that morning about how low supplies were and had prayed for more supplies. And then we showed up with a carload of diapers and wipes and outfits that you guys had brought in. Church, you made a difference. You made a difference. In a single mom's life or a young couple's life that a little down on, on, on their times, whatever the case is, I, I don't know who all comes in there. But some child needed diapers. Some parent needed diapers for that child. And wipes and outfits. And you guys, you guys filled the gap. Thank you. This Saturday, we're going to look to help feed or fill the gap between those that are hungry, those that are food insecure, and help them to have some food because God wants to help take those that are hungry and fill that gap to food. We see Paul talk about those that are grieving, that they would find comfort. We see in another place in Scripture that God comforts us so that we can comfort others, so we can make a difference. Who do you know that's grieving that God would use you to fill that gap and provide some comfort? And you say, well, I, I don't know what to say. Oftentimes, you don't really need to say anything. You just need to be there. And if you do need to say something, if you're really seeking the Lord, I trust that the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. But again, I think the biggest thing is just being present. You can make a difference. Last gap that we see before we move on, unwelcome to welcome. Fill that gap. Paul says, practice hospitality. There are those that they don't feel welcome. They feel like outsider. They, they feel like less than. Help them to feel loved. Help them to be seen. Help them to know that you care. We can make a difference. Fill the gap. We go back to chapter 12. On the contrary. So, just a quick take you back to where we had ended in chapter 12. Paul was talking about when there are those that have done something against us and not taking revenge. So on the contrary, we're going to be different, right? If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Now before I, I finish up and kind of bring this to a close, I do want to address this last statement because this is one that I've kind of misunderstood through the years, uh, even till just a few years ago, did I really better understand what Scripture is actually talking about here in Romans chapter 12? And it's actually a quote from one of the Proverbs. And this whole idea of heaping burning coals 
on somebody's head. And, and for the longest time, I kind of took it as if basically when somebody does something to you, they're not nice to you, but if you reply in a nice way, that it's, it's actually a way of getting them. Like, I took this, like, heaping burning coals on their head, like, yeah, it's a way to get them kind of like, kind of like with guys. I don't know that girls, ladies do this so much. But if a guy hits another guy, one of the, one of the worst things, like, one of the worst things that, that you can do if, if, if you get hit to somebody else is not to hit them back. One of the worst things, as far as guys are concerned, for a guy to do if they get hit is to just kind of act like that didn't hurt. Like, is that all you got? Like, that, that does more to the person that hit the person than if you hit them back. Like, because it's like, it attacks their manhood. It, like, like, mm. It just makes them angry. You're like, is that all you got? And for the longest time, that's kind of how I interpreted, understood this. Like, just, it's a way of getting them without getting them. And it's actually more effective than if you do something in return. So, in essence, the heart, though, is still you're getting them. Is that the heart of Jesus? Is that what Paul seems to be indicating anywhere else in this passage? Absolutely not. It helps if we have a better understanding of the culture and the times of when this was written and that carrying coals on your head could be a sign of repentance. And so we could see and understand that Returning kindness instead of getting revenge is a way of helping lead somebody to repentance, that they would see the error of their ways because of the righteous way that you replied, see their unrighteousness and repent. I think that's entirely, entirely possible that, that we could understand this passage to, to mean that. I also think that another option could be as well burning coals were used like we still some some use today to like to keep like the house warm right or or maybe even in a process of healing and in many ways the burning coals on the head meant life if, if somebody was walking and they didn't have coals to put into their home to keep their home warm it meant death was coming if they didn't have those, those coals, it, it meant that there was disease or other things that would continue. And, and so for many, the burning coals on the head meant the difference between life and death. And I think that's the most important gap that God wants us to see filled in others. To see them go from death to life. Now, we don't fill that gap completely. We can't save anyone, right? We can't take them from death to eternal life in heaven. But we can point them to the one that can. And that's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
We'll pick it up in verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. It sounds a lot like Romans chapter 12. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. Sounds a lot like Romans chapter 12. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he committed to us the message of reconciliation. Verse 20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making the appe- his appeal through us, as if we were filling the gap. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. I'm going to close with, with two things that I want you to hear, I want you to know. Number one, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for, for filling the gap for those that are dead so that they can experience life. Received this thank you card in the mail from Dennis Jackson. The uh, I don't remember his exact title, but he's in charge of global missions for the Wesleyan Church. He says, your gift to the mission of Global Partners is making such a significant impact on reaching the more than four in ten persons who have no access to the gospel in their community. The gift brings God's loving kindness to individuals, families, communities, and transforms their lives forever. Thank you for following the leading of Holy Spirit in this mission that matters for eternity. And then a that was typed, and then a personal note. So thankful for Kingston's support of the Karen Galls, Ellison's, Courtney, the Joneses, and the Wyatts. You're making a difference. Bringing in your change and dropping it in the jar. That happens to say, change the world. You're making a difference. You're helping take people from death to life. You're help filling that gap. Thank you for those that, that gave in 2023. We were able to, to not just meet what we had uh, said that we would give, we, we doubled that. Thank you. And because of your faithful giving, the board felt like we need to increase, that God was calling us to increase our giving for this year, and so we've included a new ministry onto that in the Czech Republic. And so they are on the new uh, canisters there for the Change the World. So take that every third Sunday. We'll have the jar. You can bring yours in, dump that in there. If you want to put green stuff in there, that's fine too. If you want to write a check, that's fine too. I, I had somebody ask me recently, is the third Sunday the only Sunday we can give to missions? No. <laughs> you can give to missions any day that you want to. But here's the second thing that I want us to know. Not just that we look to fill the gap by supporting our missionaries, our global outreach partners, so that people around the world can go from death to life, that we can see that gap filled. Church, hear me. Those online, hear me. You are missionaries. We support missionaries, but we're also missionaries. You have a mission field around you. It may be your home. It may be your neighborhood, it may be your school, it may be your workplace, it may be the guys that you golf with when you can golf. 
It, it, whatever it is, but you have a mission field. You are a missionary. Make a difference. Fill the gap, the most important gap. We want to fill other gaps as God leads us. But ultimately, we want to see the most significant gap filled. We want to see people go from death to life. We want to see people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. You see, leveling up isn't just about you. Yes, I want you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. But I want you to do that and then help others know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Would you stand with me, please? Father, I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. I thank you for your love. I thank you that you can be known, that we can find freedom, that there is purpose in life, and that we can make a difference. Help us to do all of that and lead others to do the same. I pray this in and for your name. Amen. Let's worship him, church.